Welcome to the Connect More podcast in which we discuss the seemingly random, seeking out tips and strategies for living a healthier, happier life. Join me, Dave Algio, and co-host Dave Minchella as we find the hidden connections in, well, just about anything. On with the show. Hi everyone, welcome to the season two of the Connect More podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Algio, and with me is fellow co-host, Dave Minchella. How are you doing, Dave? Hello, man. How's it going? Thanks for having us back, ladies and gents. It's been great to have a nice little break and be refreshed and get sorted. But now I hope that you're ready for episode one of series two. Yeah, great. And as luck would have it, or planning, because I think we planned this, didn't we? (laughs) It's January 2022 (laughs) at uh, time of recording, probably airing towards the end of January when we get uh, this scheduled. So it's quite an apt time, really, to do the old reflection, catch ourselves on, and and thinking about what what are some of the priorities. And I know there were some things that you wanted to cover, uh, Dave, in this, is particularly at the time, because at the time recording, we are still within the COVID restrictions to an extent, you know, there's Mm. various restrictions. We've got Omicron, uh, now and it's having an yeah. impact and, and continuing I guess really for most of us to lead to a sense of unsettlement uncertainty and for some many you know some who've caught it or experienced it you know whatever there's there's a level of dealing with that but also the anxiousness around it I guess as well yeah so um what what's your thoughts and take on things at the moment Dave well I always think you know around this time January, the, the January blues you all talk about, you know, and then there's that blue Monday or the 17th of January, that period of time where it's maybe the saddest day of the year. Well, how about we think about, and you and I just throw back and forth, what is it that we can do for a bit of self-care for our people who are listening? You know, it's not going to be the easiest time. You said we're in the throes of COVID once again. It seems like we're in the twilight zone. Haven't we already been here before? A bit of deja vu. But we're, we're plodding on, as we say. We've all been affected by it. Probably, I'm sure, listeners will have either had it themselves or know someone who's had it or, God forbid, been seriously affected by it. So I thought, let's go Let's go and see what we can do. Let's go and see what we can cheer our listeners up, if, if it's possible. And I hope that by the end of it, you know, even if just that extra 10%, you think, you know what? Those two boys know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good, a natural time, and I think you're right. It can be, as you've highlighted. Obviously, the 17th is, is typically that that or identifies Blue Monday. It's a funny old month, is January anyway. We set out with yeah. perhaps a bit of hope for many of us. You know, with New Year's resolutions, we've reflected on what the year past has gone by. And right, I'm going to put this right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to achieve that. And obviously, yeah. then real life kicks back in, doesn't it? With work, with you know what what we're dealing with at the moment um yeah. and we start to then wrestle with that and trying to make good on our resolutions and inevitably i think most of us find there's a real challenge there and you know come mid-january even or even into february things have have dropped and we can start to beat ourselves up i guess so i think it is it is useful to i guess from my perspective is to recognize that that's real and yeah. what can we do to develop some ideas, some actions, some self-care things that you're going to talk about and bring in um, in a way that is, to an extent, bulletproof? You know, it's not huge and grand and will crumble at the first hurdle. It's sustainable small things that we can introduce, or small yeah. reminders, small hacks that we can do that will keep us, you know, we can go back to. 
um, when we're feeling a bit low, when we feel a bit defeated or whatever, because that's natural permission to be human is a phrase I always say. Um, and yeah. we all experience that. So what, what's your thoughts on that? What's, what's some of the ideas that you've well, got? I'm going to, I've just, I might just throw, you know, a span in the works and ask you a question, Dave. All right. All right. <laughs> Should we get rid of New Year's resolutions? <clears throat> and how helpful or unhelpful are they? Hmm. I'm always wary of the word should because it, we we either have them or we don't, and I I'm, I can't see them going anywhere in in reality for you know a long time. I I don't have a problem per se with New Year's resolutions in the sense that there for many of us there is a natural time towards the end of a year, and it, and let's be right, we're talking about the year. January to December. We're not talking about a financial year or academic year. There, there seems to be something about a year in whatever culture or business yeah. sense or whatever, where there is natural reviews and taking stock. So I think it's, there's something about us as human beings where it's natural to do that. So I don't, it's, it's not so much the issue with the New Year's resolution. It's how much expectation, pressure, and how big they and grand they can be, how much we put on ourselves to make them happen. And then what do we do when, as the data shows, the vast majority of them fall by the wayside? And yes. for me, I, I've done them. I haven't said, see, I suppose I have changed my view. I, I don't call them New Year's resolutions. I think, right, I catch myself on what did I do last year? What worked? What didn't? What are my intentions going forward? And I tend to think of a more general thing of what's the direction of travel I want to go in? Not what are the specific... Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I need to turn that direction of travel into specific actions. But I think that's different to having a grand New Year's resolution. So that's exactly. I, I'm not yeah, for or against exactly. it. I guess it's more how. I think that you know because you hear January is the biggest money month for gyms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, bang comes in. <laughs> you know, they'll use it three or four times in January, and then they'll probably use it once in Feb, and never go in March. You know, so my point, really, what I'm asking you, is it. Is it really better that we change these? As you say, it's not about, you know, the grand goal, grand pictures, looking at the small little incremental changes. So give you an example. Mm. I'm really anti when they go, I'm going on a diet. Yeah. Or if you see, you know, the biggest loser TV show, yeah. right? Well, not, I, don't, I really, really truly believe that the majority of what they do on that type of show is unsustainable. And I and I say the same about how when we say we're going to do this these massive New Year's resolution change, this big diet or this big gym thing. No. If you want to make a lifestyle change, as in you want to lose weight, for instance, you might want to learn a new skill. It has to be something that you're putting in time and time again, consistency. And I really believe in this consistent incremental change that's where you'll you know it's not going to i'm going to do this big huge thing it's more about i'm going to do this little thing more often yeah 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 uh, and i'm going to do it consistently time and time again and build again like compound interest in finance i'm going to build and build and build and then you get your change mm. Example, I'm going to give you guys a personal example now. I have been saying for years, I want to learn Italian. My father speaks it fluently. I come from an Italian background on my father's side. My sister is near fluent. My mother is pretty good too. I feel that 
I am well behind. So what have I got? So I'm going to do little incremental things. I'm going to put it in the three times a week. I'm going to do half an hour. So that's 90 minutes a week of just, it might not, I might not be fluent by the end of this year, but I know that I'll be able to consistently put that half an hour three times in and not feel like I'm going nowhere. I feel like I'm picking things up. I'll be able to pick some of the language up. Same, same with, you know, if you guys if who are listening, you might want to uh, get fit. You might want to, I don't know, do the Great North Run. You've never run before. Well, it might be worth starting those half an hour runs every, you know, three times a week, building up, building up. I think the those types of things, that mastery of something, that leads into some really good self care as well. Mm. So you feel that you are building a mastery on something. You're taking ownership, accountability of something. You have your own self care built within. Let's say that um, one of your goals, Dave, might be to journal more often and to, you know, to understand yourself or to bring out a greater well-being you know, for, for you and make sure that everything else is going to be better for you. You might journal more often. So I'm going I'm to journal three times a week. You know? Now, I don't know. I don't journal myself, but I've heard it's got some fantastic outcomes for it you know those little things let's start you know i want i want to look after myself more so i'm going to be more consistent i'm going to do lots of these small little chunks i think it's probably not new dave i'm sure you've heard this before it's not it's not what i'm saying is new but i think it's what when your average person thinks i'm going to do this because i've seen you know some influencer on instagram and i, I want to look like that person but it's not going to be in a month. It's not going to be in two months. It might even be six months. But if we are consistent throughout, we change our life, we make that consistent lifestyle change, then at the end of it, you'll find something. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, well, there's a couple of, th- couple of things I want to like, bring back from experiences that, or other people's experiences, I don't know. But effectively, that's what I that's how I work and coach is I talk about sprout sweating. You know, what we've talked about, like I, I um, use cabbages. I'm going to on camera, I've got a little cabbage here. That's the goal. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Now in order to achieve the goal or the direction of travel, we need to ensure that we don't focus on how far away we are from the goal or whatever. We check in, but we chunk it down to sprout sized actions. And it's those, the habits, the rituals, routines, or the actions that we take that are small enough that even if we don't feel like it, we can do them. Because this thing about motivation, I think, is a big thing. We wait for motivation or we look for inspiration. But the problem is inspiration passes. Inspiration will pass. So you can feel inspired and motivated from this, from a talk, from anything. But actually, there'll be days, more days than not, where you're not inspired, you're not motivated to do it. So what, you're, what you need to do is do it anyway. But doing it anyway needs to be able to fit into your life to be able to not overwhelm the cognitive load in your brain to the point of, I I just can't face it. So there's a great book, um, great uh, researcher, um, BJ Fogg, Professor BJ Fogg. I can't remember his first name, actually, but he wrote a book called Tiny Habits, and he's a researcher in habits. And he talks exactly about that. How do you break something down to a small enough thing, so a sprout-sized action, and build that consistently? day in day out um and into your current life because this is the problem you mentioned about you know the 
Britain's or greatest loser or whatever. I'm not going to name the person, but I know somebody um, who was a winner on that a few years back. And they they subsequently struggled afterwards and mm. over the next couple of years or whatever, they ended up sort of back to where they were, you know. And we had a, co- a long conversation, actually, and what they said was the show itself was set up for you to just worry and think about nothing but. You weren't even told what to eat, what to do. You just, well, you were told what to do. You would put food in front of you. You didn't have to think about it. And the environment that was created for those months led to you could put, you, you parked life, real life. You parked it and you were there. And he, being a competitive person, really just caned it and went for it and won, you know, won that. And subsequently, you know, had that success that and the intentions to go out. But what they found was afterwards, as they returned to life, that it was almost like um, going cold turkey because you went from this yeah. environment that was set up, paused life, real life, and then somebody presses play on your life again. And suddenly you have to think for yourself, plan for yourself, do these things. And it would just came crashing in. Now, Somebody might say, well, it's, it's easy, you just carry on the things. But because there hasn't been a steady embedding, a, gra- a thinking through the, the process yourself, working out what works for you, because I'm a big believer that you don't talk about, you experiment with the small habits and see what sticks. Uh, I've got a little tip on that, which I picked up from a podcast, which I'll talk about later. But um, that idea of then basically struggled and gripped onto some things, but because it was almost like hanging onto the edge of the cliff, you know, with your fingers inevitably slipped off and, and returned to old habits, routines, life came crashing in, having to make a living, all that kind of stuff. And I think this is the chat. That's an exaggerated version, a real life version, but an exaggerated version of what can happen with us with new year. You know, we might have a couple of weeks off some, you know, you know, some people work through Christmas, you know, and thank, thankfully they do. But, you know, you have that time where you catch up and you think next year is going to be different. The problem is we don't factor in that the the real world has different ideas, <laughs> right. you know. And how do we make those small but significant consistent changes stick in a world that's totally unpredictable and is likely to try to take your legs out from under you, is likely to say you've still got this to do, you can't be bothered, you know, you're at 6 o'clock at night, I can't be bothered, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. so what are those small habits? So I, I am absolutely with you on it. And I think the challenge with the small habits is, they can often seem, well, what's the point? It's too small. It's it, what, what difference is that mm-hmm. going to make? But mm-hmm. that consistently with two or three other small things can really start to build. And it's about do it anyway. It's the self-talk of doing it anyway and tracking your yeah. compliance with doing, sweating the sprouts, I call it, and don't worry about the cabbage. I, I, I've got, you know, I've interviewed a few people over time now in my own podcast. And one of the things that many of them say is, if you do the right things consistently, you can forget about the goal because it'll take care of itself. I'm, I'm oversimplifying yes, I, it, I but I that. think that's so true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll let you take over for a bit, and I'll, no, I'll, 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 I'll. I think, I think it's you've mentioned it there, but you know, you get to the end of the annual, right? This next year will be different, but then when it isn't, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. You think, oh, I, I was wanting to do this, and I'm. I said I was going to do that, and now I haven't. And that kind of goes back into what we said at the start about self-care, because it then has a double hit. Not only are you not where you wanted to be, but you sometimes feel like you failed, so it's like a double whammy. Mm. Yeah. 
And because you've not been able to do these little goals, you haven't set this yourself up. You know, you've got in right. I'm going to go and go to the gym. I'm going to lift this weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, what if you what if you can't? Like you and I have been CrossFit. You know, imagine we you know we see it on the on the TV the CrossFit Games. Oh, I'd love to be. Able, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to do that muscle up or something, right? <laughs> yeah. One of the most yeah. hardest things to do. Yeah. After after two sessions, we still can't do it. We're like, ah, oh, I'm useless, you know? But it's not about that. It's about taking those small steps after the right amount of time and the right amount of investment, for want of a better phrase. You are able to do it. But it is about thinking, well, I could just sit here and do it and not do it. But if I do this one little thing, then actually I'm, I'm taking a step forward. I always, I found myself saying quite a lot over the last few years is that, you know, when people say, oh, God, I, you know, I, that was a terrible workout. I couldn't, uh, you know. Well, yeah, but at least actually you did it. You were better than nothing. You've done that. You may, you know, maybe when you done like a five k and it was, it took you forty minutes. But that's better than a that better than no five k whatsoever, you know. Or, you know, I just I did a couple of, um, you know, squats or leg press or whatever, but it felt really heavy. Well, that's fine. But you did it. You know, you've gone out and done. It's about taking that accountability for the doing part, yeah, you know? And it's really easy. In fact, it's the easiest thing in the world to not, to go, right, oh, I just can't bother. Hmm. But after, once that, that sense, I keep saying it, that sense of mastery, that sense of completion, you feel great after you think, you, you, you can think about, go, you know what? I didn't feel great. I, didn't, I really didn't want to do it. But I sat down and went away did it and now I've, I've got that under my belt mm. you know I, I think I think it's a really important bit about how you talk to yourself isn't there because you're right the fact that you've you've done a workout and it's hard work and you feel like you might have made progress you've actually achieved a lot because the easy workouts where or, or the workouts where you feel like you've achieved a success you've got something you can say as a success, but you're still working probably to the same intensity. It's just that day you had a bit more energy in the tank or you weren't as tight or whatever. But I think you're right. Um, and I think this is this is where it ties in a little bit with the journaling and why I find it valuable because part of it is surfacing the self-talk. I call it, talk, call it self-cabotage, self-sabotage. You know, the, the stuff that like you talk that. to yourself. Uh, like but that. it's that stuff that you don't give yourself a break um, and what I do journaling and what I find is um, I, I just do some days I don't do it some days I do I, I, I aim to beat the week four times a week so four out of seven I've beat the week I, I can't remember where I got that little idea from uh, but anyway the idea is four out of seven beat the week yeah I'm not rigidly you trying to do every that. day yeah well Let's it's not mine Let, I will, we'll, we'll borrow it whoever, whoever it's from we're borrowing yeah. that right that will <laughs> yeah. be one of our phrases from now on right beat the beat week beat the week remember yeah. Listen, beat the week four times. That's all you need to do. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, and that gives you a bit of flexibility. And also, when you're trying to build a habit, that gives you the chance to go. Okay, well, I, I didn't do it yesterday. I'll do five minutes today. And doing five minutes of journaling a day um, might say, well, "What's the point?" But actually, you can you can write a fair bit in five minutes, uh, or even one sentence. There are some journals where it's a one sentence. You know, you just write one thing. The point is, you often write more once you start. But even one thing over time consistently builds up. And the other thing is to the, the do it anyway thing. If it's small, if you can make it small enough and you learn to track the doing of it, 
you can almost get competitive with yourself. Now, this is not something I suggest everybody just jumps into, but I, I, I've committed last New Year, uh, twenty twenty one, to doing sixty burpees a day till I, I turn sixty. Now, sixty is a lot, so I'm not saying anybody starts. That is on the back of two years hey. of CrossFit building up, yeah. But building up because I hated burpees, and it was one of those where I thought, do you know what? Every time I go in and I look at the board and I see the burpees, my heart sinks. And I'm stupid. I I thought, oh, I'll turn 60 and 10. I'm going to do 60 till I'm 60. Stupid. But I was capable of doing 60 with breaks because of two years of building up. So if you're going to start, like, with a press-up, then, you know, there's lots of ways. CrossFit is great at just showing your scaling options. So your first press-up might be, you know, you just push your arms straight. Second press-up, or next week it's onto your knees type of thing. But anyway, the point of the, the burpees was I wanted to make a, something that I could challenge myself every day in my head to say that's your your commitment daily commitment if you do that you've won over the what I call the tyranny of your self-sabotage the stories that tell you what's the point don't bother and I think sometimes little setting yourself a little challenge and I mean little not not necessarily that skill where you say I'm going to do it anyway that becomes your opportunity to celebrate your win over your inner voice that says, what's the point? And one little win every day means that you can point to that day to say, well, look, if I can do that, despite my best efforts against doing it, etc., etc. So it might be one press-up, it might be one squat, and, you know, you're building up over time, etc. But the point of that is, I I didn't do it every day, and that was one of the things I've done this year. I've started tracking it, because I can't say how many days last year I did it, whereas this year I'm tracking me, compl- me, me actual com- completion of it. But I think there's something about your inner voice and can you pick a little, a tiny little battle to fight with that little inner voice? I don't mean going to town and being cruel to yourself. I just mean saying, right, my voice says, what's the point? It's a waste of time. Well, how can I, in a small little way, prove that wrong? Just once a day. And that's the habit forming, but habit forming not just in an activity, habit forming of challenging your negative inner voice. Does that make sense? I really like a micro habit. Yeah, but like a, a micro habit that's ch- of challenging your negative inner voice. So you're doing something, but the point of me doing it is to say to my mind, say I can do it even if you don't want me to, or if I think it's pointless, or I can't do it, I, you know, I'm too tired, I'm this. It's my little win that I can point to in each day. So it's a habit of challenging my negative voice, <laughs> if that makes sense. I, I, I love that, Dave. I, I really do like that. That's, you know, if, 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 if we accept, if we accept, everybody will have some form of negativity within their own internal yeah. monologue. It happens to us all, okay? Yeah. Now, sadly, some people have it worse than others. Some people yeah. have it a lot worse than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if there's a way of making that habitual, to that, to that challenge against the negative voice... I think that would lead to some, and we said self-care at the start, that would be a really good place to start. That would be, right, okay, my resolution, my goal, whatever whatever tag we're going to give it, is to challenge my negative voice Mm. once a day. Yeah. In a small way. Even if it's a small way. Yeah, yeah. Because in a small way, because what I'm not going to try to do is take on the whole self-sabotage, imposter syndrome, whatever you've got. Because A, 
that might just that's going to be overwhelming and b i might need a little you know if as you say if you're particularly crippled with it you might just need an extra bit of support therapy etc but in one small way we're we're taking to task the cruel grinding voice in our head yeah there can be and i think that's where the the I think when we talk about self-care, there's lots of things we can do. But so, so let's say I take a nice bubble bath or something like that. That's self-care. But if I'm sitting yeah. in the bath thinking, you lazy get, you should be out doing this or should be doing that, that's not self-care. <laughs> no. Is it? No. You know, as, as lovely, I'm not even allowing myself to enjoy the action. So yeah. there's, there's, exactly. you've got to act a way to thinking differently and feeling differently. So you've got to, like, you know, a bath... You know, I'm not a bath person. I didn't have showers, but you know what I mean. A bubble bath yeah. is uh, people associate with relaxing. Yes, do that. But if in the bubble bath you have an opportunity to say, "Hang on a minute, this is my little challenge. I'm entitled to this." You know that little yeah. voice, and you get used to saying that, and then celebrate and enjoy. Actually, look for some enjoyment in the moment in that. Um, I like that, Dave. Because you're right, though. Because it's too many times when people are doing something for themselves, and then they'll do it, and they'll be like. I really should be doing something else. I really should be yeah. doing more, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. like, and that, and that isn't, you might as well not even try to do the first thing. And, you know, you might as well, you've done yourself a bath. This is the example, but you're sitting there and you still haven't got yourself. Well, what's the, what's the point in the first place? You know, you need to find that time for yourself. Even if it's just 10, 15 minutes in a day, whatever, mm. just find preferably an hour, really, you know, or if it's like accumulation of an hour, you know, 10 minutes, six times something along those lines where you're able just to take some time for self and 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 even if it means you as you say like you go and do that thing and in that time in that moment that's when you challenge negative thoughts brilliant as long as you're making that challenge of the negative side Hmm. and that i mean that could be the we've said this now i think probably a fair structure that would be the that could be your incremental change mm. and i you think know, I, here's the thing I, I speak to a lot of people and, and they say i can't sit i can't sit and do nothing i find myself getting anxious and what have you and and that's total i get that i'm i find i'm i, I tend to relax more if i'm pottering i call it you know, yeah, just pottering yeah, on yeah, yeah. but the point of it is that then to make me or somebody sit for half an hour to do that will generate probably more anxiety. Whereas if you look at the tiny habits principle, the idea is it's a bit like a plant, you know, you plant a seed, you water it and it takes a while to grow, set down roots and it, and then eventually it blossoms or, or flowers or whatever, you know, but the point is you've got to start small, haven't you? You've got to start. So the, the principle of the tiny habits is as well as when you pick it, what you tag it to, there's a lot more to it, but the principle of the tiny habit is you shrink it down to the smallest denominator and I often say, if you feel like you can't even handle five minutes of, of something, um, like mindfulness practice, people struggle with that, especially around the yeah. perceptions of what it is and yeah. isn't. I mean, I think there's a lot of mis- misconception around it. But just put a pin in it and just spend 10 seconds being present or 20 seconds of doing nothing. You've put a pin in that activity today. Do you know what I mean? You've pinned the habit. And later you can expand the habit by a minute, by five minutes, by whatever. It's a bit like press-ups. You know, if, if I'm starting press-ups and I'm, I'm doing it, it might feel like, well, what's the point of just pushing myself up one? Well, it might not be one in a month's time, but one a day is great. It might be one tomorrow, it might be two the next day, it might go back to one. But ultimately, we're aiming for five press-ups, 
five full natural press-ups eventually to build up. So we do have a direction of travel with this. But if we're feeling like I just can't do it, the very, very least we do is put a pin in and actually do one or do something that's as close to it. That makes sense? I, I, I really like that, Dave. I really do. I was just thinking that I can see it in my mind's eye, you know. I really like that sort of setup that you've got there. And how you've described because this all if if we go back to like the very start of what we we started from as well, it's about we we do this to try and we talk about these things and we, we are at the heart of it all is to help other people improve them mm. or how they feel. And things like you've just done there, I think, yeah, that's that's at the heart of what we try to do in the first place. You know? One of the things as well, I think, is if you don't do it or you, you miss a day, um, oh, yes, what's yes. your response there to yourself? And this, this is a, it's, it's a silly example, but I did it last year. If I missed a day of the 60 burpees, I'd put myself under pressure to do the double the next day. Now, that, you might think, oh, well, yeah, so you should, you made a commitment. But actually, what it led to me was three days later, I'd not done them, so a week went by. And now I, I yeah. thought, right. but because my all or nothing of perfectionism said, you've dropped them, you have to make up for them. But who says? I made a commitment. And what was the point of the commitment? The commitment wasn't to actually do the 60 burpees come hella high water. It was to give myself a point in the day, which was the win. So you have to go back to the original reason. Because I think our voice of self-sabotage can build on what you should do, you have to. And I think should is one of those words. If you, if you find yourself using should then you're probably adding unnecessary pressure or restriction or constraint. Uh -huh. yeah. So my new challenge is, if I miss a day, and touch what I haven't so far this year, if I miss a day, I'll go back to starting again the next day. Yeah. And that's okay. The, I'll be said at the start about things that improve us, they can increase, they can show incremental change, you know, compound change, all that stuff. But so can the negativity at the same time, if you allow it. If you allow the negativity to build and build and build, like you just said there, what if I missed seven days? I mean, I've got to do 420 burpees in one day. <laughs> no one's up for that business. I know. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, ladies and gents, this man looks nowhere near 60, by the way. I thought he was going to say 50, at least. That's a max. There's no way this boy is anywhere near 60. No, uh, uh, good, because I'm pleased about that, because I'm, I'm 51. So I've got another nine, eight and a bit oh, years to go. So 60 till I'm six. Thank you for that. Because I would have said, oh, so have you got a year to go, Dave? Well, I think I might have taken offence there. <laughs> no, I would have said, I would have said, I, I said that Matt thought, there's no way. I thought, how the hell is he anywhere near that? Yeah, thanks. Was, uh, at the same but, time, I was like thinking, hang on. Because we were at university, I was like, you know, when you're counting back in your head, thinking, <laughs> oh, have I lost a decade or something here? I thought, he yeah. doesn't look anywhere near, say, I thought, he's 50 at, at, at the max. I thought, how has he done this? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the point, I think this, that's where the silliness comes in, uh, this commitment for, at the time, for just under 10 years. <laughs> so I've done a year, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so um, I turned 52 in July, so I've got eight, uh, eight, eight years. Dave, you're the, you need to hear that. Months. Found the youth formula, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. You have to say that, don't you? <laughs> and I'm just to be able to say I'm just going to put this on charge. So I apologise if this messes anything up. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, no bother. You're upside down now. Yeah. On video. Sorry. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll hold it. There you go. So, um, back to where we were talking about the very start, which was self-care. We've kind yeah. of, as we always do, migrate into the subject from another subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems to be our specialty. <laughs> but um, I want to go back a bit to then think about little things that we can do, little incremental things, little habits. And I always hear a lot of this with my work about well-being, um, when I do the well-being groups and how people make themselves feel better, etc. And one of them is daily gratitude exercises. Yeah. So they'll wake up in the morning, and one of the first things they do is they'll create sometimes a mental note, mental list, or even write it down via the journaling. Two birds, one stone there. Of three-ish, five things that they are grateful for in that day. And there's that sense of practicing daily gratitude seems to be really, um, really beneficial. And I can kind of see why, because... Mm it shifts the focus from the things that you don't have that you wished you did to the things that you do have and that you are really glad that you do have those things. Mm. And I find that at first thought seems a bit, you know, a bit thin, bit, well, what really can that type of exercise prove? But, I really think about it and reflect on it, actually, saying to yourself, I'm so glad I've got this, mm. you do kind of feel like, you know, I'm so thankful I have whatever, you know. Like for me, sometimes just thinking, I'm, you know, when I was a kid, when, you, when we first met, you know, it was just daft, daft young lad, you know. But now I think, now I've got a daughter, I think I'm so thankful that I've got that, got her in my life. Mm. It sounds really, you know, people are you meant to say that because you're a dad, but actually I'm, I'm really thankful I've got that. And you're thankful for sometimes just small things, but actually they do mean quite a lot. You know, yeah. I think that, that, and I don't know if you do this in your journaling, Dave, because I say I don't, I don't do it, but is that, is that part of the journaling that like a practicing daily gratitude or is it something different? It can be. There's no rules with, well, I suppose there is some rules with journaling in the sense that it should be private and nobody should ever look at it because otherwise you won't fully disclose and secure. And secondly, self-compassion, 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 and then see rule two, self-compassion. You know, don't be cruel to yourself in there. But I guess you, you can journal on any topic, but gratitude is one of those. I, I, I totally uh, get what you're saying about it. The research around gratitude practice has developed a lot um, I'm, I'm an ex-cop. I'm a bit cynical and oh, it's a bit wishy-washy, woolly stuff. But actually, very convincing, replicated evidence in the field of positive psychology about things like that, three things. Don't try and find 12 things because you'll end up doing reversing the effort. Three yeah. things a day. Bookend your day. Say in the morning, I'm going to look for, at the end of the day, reflect on three things. And for me, there is a supercharged version of that, which I'll show you. I'll, I'll give you the, the explanation of it. Um, and interesting research in the way that this is going. But the practice of that, has been shown to have an impact for me it's more about that that a little daily victory over your negative inner voice again because we've evolved to be focus on the painful the negative 
because you know and the things that we haven't got or, or gone wrong because that's what we've evolved to survive and you know we, we don't want to touch that hot thing or we need to run away from that orange stripey thing that's growling at us you know that kind of thing yeah. rather than we can you know if we didn't we wouldn't survive but if we walk past a food source you know we might you know there's an opportunity to go back etc you know whereas so we're naturally evolved to dwell on and exaggerate the negative so yes. the point of practice yeah. and gratitude and i think it's it is pretty convincingly um uh, replicated in evidence now is a challenge or a reminder to yourself that actually more is going right than wrong because you finish yeah. the day living and breathing and there's days when you feel like it isn't and don't worry, i'm not trying to minimize people you know negative days because we've all had days and some you know really tough days but mm-hmm that reminder that the small things we we will inevitably ignore miss minimize dismiss no i like that yeah and the practice of doing the three things is is in itself valuable but also i think it's a bit like the victory over the 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 with the burpees for me it's that reminder to tune in a little bit more often during your day anyway or to notice the things because you don't you know if your head's full of the negative you tend to miss things you know I, I remember having a day in custody as a custody sergeant years ago and it was just an awful awful day everything was going wrong everything was happening i had every kind of detainee trying to hurt themselves set fire to the place doing all sorts of things um and i remember my head was just battered and there was a there was a an old lag a detective bless him uh came up to us and he just handed a cup of coffee and he put it down and he says be a sarge take two minutes and do you know what? There was a, that moment was it could have I could have glossed over it and thought, oh, cheers, mate, thanks, blah, blah. But for some reason, it stuck with me, and I think it stuck with me because he he saw it, he recognised it, and there was a little, there was a lot of compassion, I guess, in that, you know, f- from an unexpected source as well. Yeah, but yeah. How often do we go through moments where somebody's done something, or we've spotted something, or even a nice day, but our heads down thinking about how crap, what crap I'm coming into when I go to work. And actually, just a moment isn't going to change the things that you come into physically, but it might change your view and help you remember during the tough times that actually, when I get home, I'm going to have a lovely cup of tea, or I'm going to have a cup of tea and a and a, and a break. You know, your king of chocolates thing at the end, you know, lunchtime or whatever. You you start to see that the day is peppered with small moments, because I think the other challenge we have is we fall into it'll be better when thinking when we're under negative. Yes. It'll be better yeah. when COVID finishes. It'll be better when I get yeah. promoted, when I move, when I've sold the house, when I'm this, when I retire, when I win the lottery. And, you know, lovely if they happen, but what about here and now? Because life is passing by, you know? Which is very much linked to mindfulness as well. Yeah. Being focused yeah. in the moment, being alert, being present in the moment. And I, I, I love that better when. What about, what about now? Mm. What about now? If Or if not now, when? I quite, you know, it's, yeah. it's that very, uh, you know, yeah. That dual sort of mindset. I like that, but I also like about the taking time for yourself. I'm a real believer in that. I've already touched on it earlier in this conversation, but I'm a real believer in people just being allowed to take five, ten minutes to themselves. If they want to be alone, then they let, let them be alone. Just to give them some time to reflect on what is going on, first of all, but also what they're feeling hmm. and what they need to do to just keep going, yeah? And, you know, 
if they need an extra five, then give them 15. But something just to give them that extra little something to go, right, okay, this isn't working. What's going on here? I need to just have a timeout for mm. myself to decompress and then I'll be all right afterwards. I'll get back on. I'll be, we'll carry on going. We'll get back on the horse, you know? That, I think, is something that isn't used enough, first of all, mm. because it's considered a bit weak that you needed to have a break or, you know, I'll just keep plugging on. Well, as long as they continue after that break and things don't stop, then they need to have the break. You need mm. that time where just right, take five. Here's a cuppa, take five. Mm. You know? Yeah. Really, that's important. I think you're right. I think um, I was working with a, a group of pediatric doctors. Uh, they're going through, they're, they're trained doctors and then they're going through the, the ST training for years. Yeah. And to be honest, there's a rule that hats off to them because, you know, dealing with sick children and all that. But anyway, one of the things yeah. that they all highlighted that seemed to be really universal was that what helps them come back to themselves is to take a moment or to take time. And sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's a day off, but often it's just to stop for that time. And that's the the biggest pressure is themselves driving themselves to not take a moment. And I think that's that's the thing, because I often say, look, I've got my sprout again. There's always going to be another sprout to sweat, another task to do, another thing to do. But, you know, you'll always be sweating sprouts. You'll always be working if that's the case. I'm, I'm a, a sod for that. You know, I'll just get this done and then I'll. Yeah. But actually, yeah, yeah. you have to sort of say to yourself, right, no, stop now. Because inevitably, that break doesn't just give you a break. It gives you a chance to decompress and also take a view on what you've just done and actually space to prioritize, to decompress, to highlight. The number of times I've stopped and walked away and thought, what, I'm doing it again. I'm being a perfectionist. Why am I working on that? What is the point of working on that when that's not? I've got myself into another loop of driving myself yeah, on something yeah, that yeah, actually yeah, yeah. is minimal value? But unless you take a break... You don't do that. That's, that's good. That. Mm. It's, but yeah. So it's so it's how to take breaks, and maybe that needs practice as well. That's that old going back and forth. A lot of this is all about forming the habits of self care. Whatever self care is to you, whatever you choose. Yeah, to be. it could be different to everybody. Dave. Yeah, yours, of yours, different. I'm different. Yours. You know, people, listeners will have different ones to each yeah. other as well. Yeah. But it's about finding what it is as well. And, you know, we could go through, God, hundreds potentially of different ways that people can take their time for themselves. And I'm sure that we'd have, you know, lots of common ground. But some, you know, it's it's all personal, you know. It's all, and I, I, I'm one of those guys, I'm, you know, after work, I don't want to think about work. So yeah. I'll not watch, you know, real crime dramas yeah, or yeah. things like that but i know the colleagues love it they'll go and mm. watch you know 24 hours in police custody i'm mm. sure you wouldn't want to watch that after you came up when you were a cop you know you no. i bet you watch it go and think that's not good uh, <laughs> yeah this, yeah there's uh, a there's a breach of pace pace <laughs> yeah yeah not police and criminal evidence act for those usually it's funny, you know, you talk about everybody's no, no individual. Comment, no comment. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's individual, and I think you're right. I I like to think of these, when you're setting out on developing new habits, it's experimentation, because just because somebody says you should, it's like I have a problem with this, you know, yeah, you should have a morning routine, and in your morning routine, you should do this, this, and this. No, you shouldn't. You should choose your own, should. You could do anything, 
So yes. why not pick a bunch of things? And one thing I was listening, obviously, habits is my thing. Um, so I do a lot of reading around, but I listened to a podcast called The Huberman Lab. You, you'll like it, uh, dear. Andrew Huberman, and he did a one on habits, making and breaking habits. And this was an interesting one that I hadn't come across in my reading around literature. But what he said was, and I can't, I can't quote the source that he used. It'll be in his show notes. But what he said was, there is an approach that if you set yourself 28 days, I think it was, and this is not to say, this is not that fallacy that habits are formed in 28 days. That, that you know, it can depend. It depends on so many different things. Yeah. What he says, though, is have, have for the next 28 days six small habits, six, I've got them on camera there, uh, six small habits that you've chosen and that you're going to work at complying with or doing for the next 20, uh, 21 or 28 days, I can't remember. And you make an effort for that time. But at the 21-day point or the 28-day point, you deliberately or you, you stop making a deliberate effort to complete those habits. And what he says is the research shows that like it gives a chance for the ones that are going to stick to have stuck and you allow the ones that don't fall by the wayside. So the thinking is, I don't know if I've explained that well, that out of the six, you might find that without thought, two of them you're carrying on anyway with minimal effort. And that's the point where you don't beat yourself up about the four that you're not doing. You've sorted out the wheat from the chaff for you and you've got two I habits that, that you then continue that to focus on. Um, it's not... Uh, well, Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast, it's not his research, but what he's really good at is pulling together that. So I, I, I like that, and it's something I'm, I'm thinking about for me in terms of what cluster of habits. They've got to be small, and they've got to be, you know, it's not like they're not like a, a group of behaviors. It's like six specific yeah. habits. Yeah. But have a go. Chuck them against the wall and see what sticks, I guess, you know, for the 21 days. Um, and those two, or one... Or if there's none, then they're the wrong six habits. Do you know what I mean? Or, or they're, they're not right. That's probably the wrong way. They're not, they're not quite right for you now. Have a think about another six habits or put a couple back in the pot with another four ones for another round type of thing. But yeah, the point yeah. is not to continually do it. It's to see what habits potentially have, have the potential and then focus down on them going forward type of thing. And then you can, add, you can conduct the experiment again, you know? So with, with that... I would like to see, I, would, I think a good takeaway for listeners would be try these micro habits, mm. try to develop the micro habits in the everyday life that are easy to do, as you say, that become, that aren't a challenge to do, but have them, if possible, focused around self-care. Mm. So taking time for yourself, I've already said that taking a break finding a skill that you really really want to it would you know a sense of mastery would even give you that you know but make sure it's you know not too complex you know small but also being able to maybe the gratitude as well have a look at that lots of different things spending time with people that you've always wanted to but you never have the chance to even if it's just a coffee you know 10 minutes a couple with them you know mm. things like that I think that's quite a good takeaway to think of if we, if we talk about self-care, have it that they're small little things that they can do lots of times mm. that not only will just they build something, but also get that self-care boost out of it as well. Yeah. And you mentioned something that like coffee with somebody else or something. What can really help those 
help sustain the habits. And this is worth thinking about when you when you're looking at what can I how can I set this up for a success. So to involve somebody else makes it less less likely you on the days that you think oh, I can't be asked. You, you'll do it. Do, do you know what I mean? Or and also maybe. <laughs> Uh, be careful with making it public because people say, "I'll oh, make it public," and then you've got no choice. But I, know, I think it depends mind. to who, to whom, yeah. and also what it is. But it, there could be a sense of, you know, is that an option? I, I would say be careful because you know it can be counterproductive. Um, uh, yeah, and also things like, well, what can I, what can current me? do to set future me up for that so one of them yeah. one of my little micro things is hydration just to drink a bit because I, I know i drink a lot of coffee during the day uh, i've got my bottle of juice there but i can find myself parched later on in the afternoon yeah. and uh, so i've read about this somewhere i was reading you talk about hydration Dave. now what was it like is it it was something quite mad but it, it, it wasn't this amount but it was something like you know they say two liters, don't they? So you might drink two liters a day of water. Mm. Now, someone said if you if you've got like you know two or three liters a day, within a week you'll you'll feel like you'll feel so much better. Like you'll feel beyond better. You know, you sleep better, your focus is greater, your general mm. health, you know, digestive health as well is better. You know, all this other stuff. Like I was ah. Oh. It was literally, I couldn't believe that it was this amount of water they'd have to drink. But it is something, well, that, that ability to just perk you up. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's like, you know, if you're dehydrated by 10%, you've got 40% or whatever it is yeah. less effective or something like that, you know? It's an interesting one because there, is, there, is, um, there, is, there are some who would argue, and some of them are uh, experts, hepatic experts, you know, liver, kidneys, that kind of thing, who say it's all market and it's rubbish, you know, it's guff. And if you're thirsty, you'll drink, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I tend to think, right, okay, so what does a normal mortal like me and you do with this? Well, I can, I, realistically, I know I can go through the day having drank a few cups of coffee and and by come by tea time I'm feeling like parched and you know a bit fuzzy headed etc now that could be tiredness it could be any other reason but I do know that I probably could do with drinking less coffee and drinking a bit more fluid yeah 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 so yeah. one and this is where I'm treating it as an experiment sample size one me so I'm not it's not something I'm prefer because I'm not an expert in hydration and like like diet and food and what you should eat and shouldn't eat. It's so much conflict and information out there. You can fo- you can point to any yeah. evidence to say any any kind of diet works, or any kind of diet's rubbish. But as a normal human being in the middle of it, how do we make sense of this? Well, I test it and I just think right. So my little the point of me thing was how do I set it up so that I do feel like less parched by the end of the day? That's my measure. So my hack my. My current Dave's preparation to help future Dave, i.e. tomorrow morning Dave, is I'll I'll have a pint of water or juice on me bedside cabinet for when I wake up in the morning. So my current little habit, one of these testable habits, is I'll have that pint over a, a half an hour as I'm getting ready. I'll just sip away at it and, and drink it so that I'm, I'm topping off a, what tends to be a night where I haven't drank through the night and I don't want to drink too much before bed because I'm up three, being 50, I'm up three or four times a night anyway going to the toilet. And just initially what I found is, yeah, I tend to drink a little bit. The last few days I'm drinking a little bit less coffee and I'm not that parched by the end of the day. Now, whether I'm now thinking, 
you know, the placebo effect. I am more focused and I'm more clear. I don't know. You know, being a cynical questioner, I'm always going to question myself on that. But I do feel better for it, you know. And I think as simple as that, that, is that not what self-care boils down to? Yes, there's lots of scientific research, but ultimately what works for you and why it works, does it matter at the end of it, you know, if it works yeah, for that's you? that's a good point. That, that's a really good point. It's, it should be, you know, you can read as many men's health magazines mm. or GQ or whatever, and they've got, you know, drink this or eat that. 90% of this does that or, you know, improvement of 10% here. Well, the will be for some it just doesn't work for, like we've mentioned. <laughs> yeah. or mindfulness, yeah. meditation. It's, some people, it's just, they're just beyond five minutes, they just can't mm. get away with any more. And some people will be able to drink green tea and feel great. I, I really struggle. For some, I, I very, very... Do you know why you struggle? Matches. Do you know why you Can't struggle have... drinking green tea? Yeah. Because it's minging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I mean, you can convince yourself it's healthy, but it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I've got some jasmine, which I quite like, but I've tried others, and it tastes like, God... <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of get away with them kinds of teas. And I know people say you should, but like, well, again, whether you should or whether there's evidence, it doesn't matter. I just don't like it. It's more chew yeah. than it's worth to it's drink that. It's to do, man. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's not self-care. That's self-torture for me. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You're going to go out and have like, like a Vim Hof, go and have an ice bath for 45 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, it'll make your blood flow better. But it blood, your legs are falling off, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Got frostbite, man. Yeah. Oh. No, that I think for a first time back, Dave, <laughs> I think we've covered plenty of bases here today. <laughs> we have. I think it's funny, you know, when you say we've gone around the houses, it, it often comes back to the connecting the dots comes back to what's going on in in the head. You yeah. know, and how you what makes sense you make of it. And ultimately I think that's the part of messages. It doesn't matter what you do if it's going to hurt others or ultimately hurt yourself. Yes. But in the sense, if, if it doesn't do those, it doesn't matter what you do so long as how you associate it in your head. So if yes. it's self-care and you hate a hot bath, well, that's not self-care. No. If it's self-care but you love to go just, you know, I don't know, have a nice cup of coffee in the morning, whatever it is, but you appreciate it and you recognize it as that, then that's, that's a great habit, isn't it? We should definitely um, look at uh, the Danish Hugo practice. Oh, yes. Because that's yeah. big on that. Yeah. And when, in the future, I've done a bit of that before with some work. So we're definitely, that'll be the next. Uh, yeah. Be, uh, yeah. That'll be an interesting one. Aye. But, yeah. yeah. So we've good, teased, we've teased good. the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been great to get back into it and have the conversations. And as you say, you, you, like the, these conversations hopefully for the listeners, but even for me, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I was going to do that. I'm yeah, same that. me, same me, yeah. same me, same Yeah, great. I like well, it. Well, hope you've enjoyed it, listeners. Send in any questions yeah. to Dave at Connect More Podcast. That's either of our Daves. Um, yeah. So Dave at Connect, is it connectmore.com? It's in the show notes. I think it's connectmore.com. Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, we will answer any questions if you have any. And uh, we are obviously on the lookout for guests as well, but uh, quite enjoy our conversations as well, to be fair to you. Yes, good. <laughs> as you said, we cover lots of bases, Dave. Yeah. Good. Nice one. Well, take care, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>